Hey guys, Lance Zerline here. We're Houston. We're the city of champions. How about I give you another champion? If you've suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. They're champions. Free consultations are available 24-7. Dial 713-CALL-NOW. That's 713-CALL-NOW and DaspitLaw.com. Well, happy 2024, everybody. John and Lance, along with Dell, for our first show of the year here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. We're not all together. Dell and I working here, just doing our best to, to bring you the best that we possibly can. Lance, I don't know what he's doing. I have no idea what he's doing. He's in New Orleans. He was partying all last night, having a big time. And now here we are today. He's probably really, really hungover or still up from the night before. Lance Zerline with us here from New Orleans. What's going on, Lance? We're all up from the night before because the game lasted a billion years. It really, really did. How long did it take you to get out of there? By the way, that's old 97s right there playing. Oh, it is? Oh, that's yeah, the, oh, so my, does that is that a little just stab, a little jab to like you? I feel like it is. It's like a let's, Joey Votto highlight for me. Let's drink whiskey and do it all night long. Is what we're oh, my God. His Frank just wants he just wants you to feel horrible this morning as you start the new year. Longhorn should be drinking whiskey and just staying up all night long because it was, uh, yeah, uh, it didn't take long to get out because I left at, boom, halftime, and I walked back to my hotel. Oh, and that way heck? my wife couldn't my wife couldn't blame me for uh, being the jinx, and uh, so I wasn't even there. So what happened with Steve Sarkeesian's play calling in the last four plays of the game, that's not on me, wife, because she wouldn't answer my calls yesterday. Oh, I, I didn't talk believe. to her last night. I called at halftime. She wouldn't answer. Before the game, she wouldn't answer. She wouldn't answer texts. She believes that I'm a jinx, so she won't. She will not listen. She will not even have any con, you know, contact with me before or during a game, especially during a game. And so I didn't even try to call after a game. There was really no reason for that. Yeah. Well, I just know I wasn't there, so don't blame me. It's Matt, it's on Matthew McConaughey. It's actually on Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz was there in a Longhorn shirt. Des retweeted that picture and said, well, congratulations, Washington, before the game started. And she was right. Yep. Um, well, yeah, the play calling was, I mean, that they got the ball back, first of all, you right. know, and and they were able to, uh, you know, after after the injury to Johnson, and they get the ball back and they drive down the field and, I just hate the I just hate the fade. I just it just I know they scored Mitchell scored on it earlier in the game when he was PO'd that he didn't get the ball and then they threw it to him and he got it. But the fade is to me it's just like the laziest play call you could possibly have. Quinn Ewers basically threw it out of bounds. I don't even know if he could have come in come down in bounds anyway because the momentum was to the boundary. If you missed it, it was the, one of the most incredible set of circumstances we've seen. Texas goes down, they score to make it a uh, a six-point game? No, no. To make it a yeah, to make it a six-point game, they score. They score. They kick a field goal to make it a six-point game. They onside kick, and there's like a minute. There's over just a little more than a minute to go uh, when they when they score. They onside kick it. They got two timeouts left. They don't get the onside kick, even though it was a pretty good. I thought it was a pretty good onside kick. Had a chance to cause some trouble, but it didn't. Washington got on it. Uh, Run, play, timeout, run, play, timeout. Texas has no timeouts. Washington's going to run it, take it down to about 15 seconds or about 20 seconds, call timeout, punt it, and then Texas will have about 15 seconds probably inside their own 20-yard line, more than likely inside their 20- to 10-yard line. Uh, their running back, Johnson, gets the ball, the handoff. He goes down, and instead of it running off the clock, he's riding in pain, so they have to call an injury time. So an injury timeout is given at 47 seconds left. The, the uh, official says, okay, uh, the, we've asked Texas if they want a 10-second runoff for the injury timeout. They've declined that. <laughs> Imagine that. And uh, 
And then they uh, put three more seconds on the clock to make it 50 before they punt the, the snap. They won't start the clock until it's snapped. Texas then on the punt, Whittington catches the ball, fields a ball at about the 15. He's interfered with, and they move the ball all the way up to the 30. And I'm like, holy crap. This, they have a legitimate chance, to, at least an outside chance of getting the ball down the field. They complete a long pass to Whittington, then a fingertip catch by Blue, the running back on the sideline. And so there they are. Where are they, John? About the 12-yard line, I think? Yeah, they got to the 12-yard line. They've got four plays, 20 seconds at the 12-yard line because a lot of you probably didn't see this. You were asleep. So the first play, Steve Sarkeesian, so Greg McElroy on the call is saying, okay, watch this. They're going to run a, they're going to run a, uh, a post, a double post where, where Worthy will run an inside the post from the slot, and then Mitchell will run the post from the, uh, from the outside, and so he'll have his choice. He'll read that safety and have his choice between these two. Uh, no, Greg, that's a nice, that's a nice prediction and a good play call. Steve Sarkeesian decided, you know what I'm going to do? Throw a swing pass and toward, toward the boundary, and gain literally zero, zero. yards. Mm-hmm. And so that was a wasted play, and you don't have a lot of time. Texas has no timeouts, not a lot of time. The second play was just a wild throw into the end zone, hoping to get Mitchell on a fade, or hoping to get Mitchell isolated. Back in the end zone, didn't even come close. The third play is a play action, and he almost gets sacked, Quinn Ewers, and barely flings it out of bound with one second. Well, they had to put a second on the clock. The last play, as John mentioned, they're at the, the hash of the boundary side, which is the tightest side to the end zone. It's just one-on-one. He tries to throw a 12-yard fade, lob it up in the end zone to uh, <clears throat> to Mitchell. It's unsuccessful. The ball's knocked out of bounds. Game is over. Now, John, Sark's play calling, there's two things. Sark's play calling crapped the bed completely. But number two, I, if there is anyone who can't think a game, it's Quinn Ewers. This guy just can't think. Like, at the game, you can see Sanders was open the entire first half. They had a chance to work the middle of the field. He never did it. Everything's outside the everything's outside the hashes. He missed opportunities. And that play, if you go back and look at that play, the, the cornerback is so far off assuming it's going to be a fade. If they had run a little stop route at the goal line, you know, in other words, what would have looked like a back shoulder fade, it would have been an easy touchdown. They could not have come up and guarded Mitchell. But he has no improv. Like Joe Burrow would have basically just told him, hey, if he's off you, Look up! I'm a, I'm just going to throw a rocket to your back shoulder mm-hmm. right there at the goal line. Quinn Ewers has no improv in him. He has no. I'm going to create a play. I'm going to think this through football wise. So as bad as Sark was uh, at the end, Texas literally had a chance to win a game in what I I think would have been one of the most improbable fashions that I would have ever seen. Like it took so much to give you a chance to get there. It. It really, it really did, and they that they had a chance at the end was just amazing. I'll tell you, I'm not a big Michael Penix guy, but watching he and and, and every game you watch him, he he he's fallen away. His 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 form is not great, and yet every pass is a dime. He's he puts it exactly where it has to be. Adunze is going to miss him. I'm telling you, Adunze is going to be a good NFL uh, wide receiver. But he ain't getting the ball where 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 Penix throws it to him. I mean, I've never seen a kid at this age. He says he is. It is his sixth year, but I've never seen a college quarterback with the precision that he has on deep. It doesn't matter where the ball is. He throws a dime every time. It seems like it was unbelievable. And you're right. You know, and I was thinking yesterday as I'm watching. I've still got to write him up for the draft. And I was thinking, you may not want to overthink this like well his arm slots way low falls off throws where does it go like one thing we've seen with cj stroud now cj stroud's <clears throat> the the mechanics for cj stroud are good his footwork is good like that's the opposite but one thing we've seen in houston is that if you're accurate as a quarterback it's just it means everything and all i know is michael Penix is accurate so even if it doesn't look good what's you know Okay, you can talk about process if you want, but what's the results? The results are really good with Penix. I mean, really good. He was never rattled by Texas. Texas never really – they had penetration, but he just kind of side, sidestepped it. He doesn't run for whatever reason. He just won't run much at all. 
and just doesn't do it, even though he can. Now, he had some yesterday that were big. But I looked at his rushing yards when we were doing the Joe Moore Award. Washington's offensive line won the Joe Moore Award. And you see him, they look like a ragtag bunch physically. They don't look like they, – they don't – I mean, you look at what Texas looks like up front, and then you look at Washington, it's like, holy crap. It doesn't even – but Washington, Texas could not get pressure from the outside on Penix. And when they did, he just stepped up, slid up, slid outside, mm-hmm. and kept his poise. <laughs> and I thought the difference in that game – I mean, really was a quarterback position. Michael Penix was a guy that people maybe rightfully believed that he should have won the Heisman. I know it's a little bit of recency bias, but he was really good all year long. I, I think Jaden Daniels' running yards really helped him. Or like oh, absolutely. Perception. It just really helped him a lot because it's pretty rare for a team that loses that much to have a winning quarterback and Heisman. Daniels was great, but, man, Michael Penix made a statement. And I just thought Quinn Ewers – for most of the game was just blah. The Texas running game was great, but their passing game, I mean, Worthy was a non-factor pretty much most of the game. And Penix and Adunze were just electric. You cannot game. tell me, you cannot tell me with confidence, or in other drafts, Andrew Luck, okay, he's the best. Peyton Manning, he's the best. In this draft, you can't tell me who the best quarterback is going to be. I have no idea. I, I don't either. It could be Michael Penix could be the best. Jaden Daniels could be the best. Of course, Caleb Williams. Of course, Drake May. Those guys could every single one of those guys might be the best quarterback in this draft. Boy, I, if they didn't have CJ Wright now, if they didn't, if the Texans didn't have CJ Wright and they were staring at you know being the, the the draft pick where they would be as opposed to being up there at the top with this draft, because it looks like you could have there are. I, this looks like the best quarterback draft that we have seen in a little while. This this could be I don't know I don't know about nineteen seventy three, but this could be a great quarterback draft this year. Well, but it also could end up being just eighty three. Excuse me. Yeah, eighty three. It also could end up being an average quarterback draft. Like from a physical standpoint, you've got Daniels is 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 skinnier than Bryce Young. He's not smaller, but he's skinnier. You got Penix doing all the things that you and I talked about from a throwing standpoint. Uh, Drake May did not have a good year this year. Caleb Williams was a little disappointing, and there's some people who are worried about his mental toughness. Like, there's also one of the reasons it's so hard for me is that, man, it's just the pieces don't fit cleanly for any of these guys, and yet all of them have talent. And Penix, I mean, the two who aren't supposed to be at the top two are the ones who played the best, and that's Daniels and Penix. And Penix has done it the whole year. And now I've got to – and, you know, Bo Nix is in the mix, but Bo Nix is not one of the top quarterbacks. But, man, you just think about it like, what in the world am I going to do with – like, I never anticipated the six-year quarterback coming from Indiana to yeah, be right. in the mix. And yet I have to – you know, the Joe Burrow lesson is that trust what you're seeing. You can't go by previous year. You can't go by your previous ideas of a player. You have to trust what you saw. I didn't love what I saw from – Bo Nix. Um, I haven't written him up yet, but in the bowl game, not the bowl game, but the championship game, Pac-12, I didn't love that. But Penix, dude, it's all year long with this guy. Yeah. He's been playing like this the whole year. Yeah, if, 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 but if you're a form guy, Penix would be last on your list. He'd be last on your list, but if you're yep. a if you're a believe-your-eyes guy, holy crap, that dude can play. Uh, we'll talk about the championship. We'll talk about the other game on the other side. Plus, we got, oh my goodness, the Texans. How about this? How about a how about a primetime game for our Texans to finish the season? Who thought that this game would mean everything, would be a playoff game? And it is, and it's going to be Saturday night. We'll talk about that, and we got all kinds of stuff. What did you learn, not this weekend, but what did you learn this holiday season in one sentence? That's coming up in a half hour right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Right now, though, we've got aqueduct plumbing is what we're talking about. I'm looking for... I'm, I, I, listen, if you have any plumbing needs whatsoever, there is one place to go. It's to go see our guy. We love what Billy does, what Billy does for uh, all of our listeners. The best. 281-488-6238. 281-488-6238. I didn't need him this holiday season. I don't know if you did. If you did, then Billy was going to be Johnny on the spot for you. He was going to be there. If you had relatives come over and blow up your bathroom, well, that Billy would be here for you. And this happens all the time. This is one of the busiest times for them. The holidays are over. 
if you need any kind of pipe work, if you haven't checked your water heater lately, Lance, the residue in your water heater, you need to get that checked. Cleaned annually. I didn't know that, but you got to clean it annually. And, you know, here's the thing with, uh, with our friends from Aqueduct Plumbing Company. They can come in and check and see if you have a leak. There's a lot of you who are going to say, I don't know, man. I feel like my water is going lower in my, you know, on the toilets. I don't know if there's a leak. If you're worried, let them do a hydrostatic test because if you do have a leak, it is important that you get it corrected before it does damage under your slab. It's aqueductplumbingcompany.com, aqueductplumbingcompany.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. You're hooked up with it. You hooked up with it. You decided to marry it. I told you I wasn't into it. You said it didn't matter. You're back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerline. Please put one second on the game. Oh, my goodness. Yes. To advance to the national championship game. Ewers loves it up, and it is incomplete. Intended for Mitchell. Elijah Jackson had the coverage. Washington hangs on and wins the All-State Sugar Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal. The bad news is Texas isn't there for all of you Longhorn fans. I guess, unless you're a Longhorn hater, right? If you're a, if you're a Longhorn hater, then you're, you're happy that this happened. Although you probably want them more disappointed in the championship game. All those Longhorn fans with their hands on their heads. I mean, I think if, as a known hater, sure, yeah. lo- having them lose in a title game is great. But you take the guarantee. And so you never yeah. know if they would have lost yeah. to Michigan, but you take the loss right. when it happens. You he- you, it's basically hedging. You know, it's not as good, but it's still really, really it's good. It's still really good because yeah. they lost, and yeah. you and guarantee the loss. Right. So yeah, you right. would rather have them have heartbreak in the title game, but you, that could have gone a different way. They could have won the title. Now yeah. you know they won't win. Now you know, right? Now And now you know. And now you know. Well, I'll tell you, they. I don't think they have a decision to make. Guess it's yours, but I mean, he did throw for 318 yards. But like you said, Lance, uh, ah, I don't know that I can cool. depend on him. He made the right decision coming back. It'll be interesting. Now, Arch made said all the right things, right? All off season, he's coming back. All during this week, he's going to come back. He didn't even consider not leaving. All of those things. But you know, I don't. If I, if I'm a Longhorn fan right now, I'm like, I don't. Do I believe in Quinn Ewers? You remember the last time something like this happened? Now Jalen Hurts made the title game and lost to Clemson, right. but Tua was sitting over there as a freshman, didn't play, and didn't play all of the next year too. And, and Lane Kiffin came out and said, if Tua didn't throw that cha- that touchdown and got to relieve Hurts, he, uh, he would have left after. So. I mean, we've seen in recent memory that they have sat the five-star freshman behind the guy who's accomplished plenty. But it's, it's a good problem for Stark to have, but it's still a problem. Is 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 Penix a better Tua? He's more athletic, but, you know, Tua's, Tua it has, at least so far in his NFL career, um, been a pretty good player the last couple of years. Penix has to do that. You mean on the college level? On the college, well, yeah, I mean, he was a final. Well, they both they both were fun. Kind of accomplished the same things, right? Yeah. I mean, Tua didn't. Tua went to a title game, didn't win it. So Penix now has a chance. Tua, remember, he the next year after he threw the championship, the throw against Georgia, he led Alabama to another title game appearance. They lost to Clemson. Penix has accomplished that. I think they're probably comparable. You maybe give Penix it's a better story because he did it at Washington and transferred from Indiana, but I don't think he's a better pro prospect. I, I mean, they. I don't know, but uh, it's hard to say. I think they're very comparable. No. Both of them, I think you know, left more hand accurate is easy. Than Tua, even though Tua is well, really accurate. Tua's accuracy Tua was, was accurate. Was what got him but to I, where he is. But I, don't I think know. that's what makes them similar. John is they both are very accurate. The difference, I'll tell you, the big difference is that Tua had you know obviously incredible receivers. He had Rugs, Judy, and and Devontae Smith. So obviously three. I mean, three first round wide receivers. Uh, but what the difference was is he threw a lot of – he also had plenty of RPO throws. He had plenty of slants, slant-and-go stuff. Michael Penix and Washington lead all – they're like one of the leaders in college football for throwing intermediate and deep routes. Like, it's not a bunch of dink and dunk stuff with them. They throw down the field, and they throw 
15-yard routes and 20-yard routes. And, man, I think that's a big difference is Tua benefited from some short RPO stuff. Michael Penix just works out of the gun and flings it around like kind of like Burrow did. Like Burrow didn't run RPO stuff. He was flinging it around. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, I I don't know that I've, again, I don't know if I've seen anybody more accurate. Now the Michigan team. I, could you be what a, more shocked? What a game. At how, what an amazing game that was. What a start great to defensive Fumbles, effort. interceptions. I mean, it was so sloppy. Well, it was sloppy, but it was defense. Yeah, I don't know was. that I've ever seen five sacks in the first half. Holy crap. And Now, some of them were blitzes and whatnot, but they – I, they just manhandled that offensive line, and you talked about it when you, when you're watching that on TV. You're like, look at the size of this Alabama offensive line, and yet Michigan took care of that business. It's a different deal with Washington, but I don't know how. And oh, by the way, you know Washington is not good defensively. Texas did not take advantage of of what they could have defensively. Washington has been bad defensively all year, and one of the things that they're not great at is stopping the run. Corum is going to have a huge day here. I mean, yeah. he he looked great again uh, yesterday, and I just I just fear that that they're going to just run the ball down Washington's throat here. Yeah, McCarthy wasn't. Um, the difference is going to be, you know, can you get to Penix? Because if you can't get to Penix, I don't know that it matters. Michigan will get worn out the same way by Penix that Texas did, and Texas had defensive linemen. I mean, they've got two guys that could go on the first for sure. I mean, two that go on the top 40 and Sweat and Murphy. And they got another guy, uh, 95, who is going to, you know, Collins, who's going to be drafted in the first four rounds. If you don't get to Penix, I'm sorry, you're just not covering long enough to keep their wide receiving core from from catching passes. He's too accurate. So that's the question for me, John, is can, can Michigan get to the passer? I mean, one of the reasons Washington won the Joe Moore Award for top offensive line is they don't. They don't allow many sacks. They don't allow many pressures. I think they allowed nine sacks all year for a team that threw it a lot. And uh, But you are right. I mean, Michigan's going to run the ball down their throat. There's nothing Washington can do about it. The question is going to be who, you know, who ends up turning a potential touchdown into a field goal. That could be one of the big keys. Like, who turns it over? McCarthy looked rattled to start that game. Yeah. He didn't play well at all. Michigan looked like a team that was just a team of – their destiny is the narrative of they choke in big games is what it looked like. And frankly, I thought Alabama had that game won. Once it got down to about six minutes to go, I thought, okay, Alabama's going to win this thing. All they're going to do is start grinding it out. And Michigan's got 13 on the board. There's, what are they going to do? They're going to go down and score all of a sudden on Alabama? But they did. And then once, you know, Corum with a 17-yard touchdown in overtime and Alabama, I don't know if you saw how many people saw the last play. It was a bad snap, and I don't know what the play was supposed to be, but Milrow just runs straight into the middle of the offensive line. How many line. bad snaps did he have? Oh, quite a, a few. I believe it was a, it was an RPO where he could have swung the ball out to the running back in the flat. Now, they had two blockers for two defenders. There was, a there was uh, I guess, maybe a nickel, maybe nickelbacker or, or safety chasing the running back out of the backfield, so he would have had to make that guy miss. But I guess the bad snap threw off his threw off his timing, so he decided not to make the throw. But they did have an option to swing it out and see if that guy could uh, get in. But the bad snap changed changed the complexion of the of the play. And did you guys see that uh, J C Latham got hurt? I don't know if there's been a a mention on that very last play. It could be a high ankle sprain, but he was holding his knee. He got uh, on the very last play. A guy who's got a, who will be a first round draft pick got hurt on the last play. And I don't know if it's been talked about or what the final result of that was, but Latham uh, was injured. They're, they're starting right tackle and potential first rounder. So that's something uh, to keep an eye on on that last play. The running back, or I think it was Milrow, just kind of ran up and, and clipped his, uh, his left ankle, causing his foot to turn and his knee to turn. So we'll see what happened there. Did you guys, before we, we can jump back into it, did you catch the heat that Bill O'Brien – took yeah. when uh when so Jalen Milrow was he was on the dais doing an interview before you know before the game well you have to tell before. everybody what what yeah 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 Del, do we have that audio by any chance it was a few days ago so i don't know if we had Jay- audio. milrow's audio yeah yeah no we gotta see get if it. we can 
I'll see if we can find Jalen Milrose. Yeah, we'll get we'll get that on the other side. Let's just finish this up, and then we'll do we'll do Jalen Milrose and that and that story on the other side because it's a pretty it is a pretty good story. How, how down are you right now that it's it, it had a chance to be Texas Alabama, which yeah I believe would have broken whatever un whatever unwritten records there are or unmentioned records for the highest ticket. Even though Alabama and Texas, even though this is not one of the better versions of, of Nick Saban's Alabama teams, had it been Alabama and Texas in Houston, that thing oh would have been an impossible team. No, 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 no. It was going to be 3,000 just to get in the door. Just at the, at, 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 in the 700 level, it was going to be 3,000 just to get in the door. Now, if listen, the good thing for us is in the city of Houston, and if you want to go to the game, you can. You're going to be able to yeah. afford to. Washington didn't even sell out its allotment at the Sugar Bowl. John, it was I've never seen a home field like this before. It was all orange with patches of purple. Now, they may it may be one of those situations because it's expensive coming from Washington. So there may be It'll be expensive again. Yeah, it's it's gonna be, you know, they'll get their allotment, they'll easily sell it out. There'll be some people who buy tickets because it's not gonna be as expensive. And they'll travel down. Like my wife didn't go to the Sugar Bowl because she was hoping to go to a national championship game, and she knew there's no way we were going to be able to afford to buy tickets to both of those games. Right. Now she doesn't have to worry about. She it. doesn't have to worry about that. You look at all the money she saved. That's awesome for her. <laughs> money she saved. Alabama didn't get in either. I came out the champ. <laughs> you did. No was... Alabama or Texas. There's no reason for you to go to the game, Alec. <laughs> Sorry, Alec. No reason whatsoever. All right, let's break it here. We got a lot to do. We got to do it. Well, let's do this. Uh, the Jalen Milrose story is a great story, and it has local ties, obviously, with Bill O'Brien. We'll do that on the other side. But first, let's talk John Daspit. Let's talk about John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. Uh, John Daspit did an NIL deal with Texas. I'll never forget. It was it was a, <laughs> a hot day in July, and uh, yours was out there. J.T. Sanders was out there wrapping him. The offensive line, like there was. There was a bunch of guys um, that were out there, and, and he was, you know, of course, he is a uh, undergraduate. He did his undergraduate degree and accounting degree at Texas. There's law school degree at University of Houston, where he also has a football and basketball NIL deal in place. With the Cougars, he's, I mean, John Daspit, you guys are seeing his billboard. Of course, you see his commercials doing during big sporting events. He is all over the place because he's a huge sports fan, but he's also a fan of just the average person in and around the Houston area because he is a personal injury lawyer who fights harder than anyone else. I mean, this guy is a maniac when it comes to work. It's it's so hard getting him on the phone sometime because the guy is literally working seven days a week. He expects his lawyers to work for you and put that kind of time in because he understands if you've been badly injured, they need to recoup all the money from your hospital bills, all the money from your physical therapy, all the money from time missed from work, as well as the correct number for pain and suffering that you that you took on when you were injured on the job or out on the roadway or, you know, you were injured and it wasn't your fault. John Daspit's going to fight for you. Go to DaspitLaw.com for more information. That's DaspitLaw.com or just call 713-CALL-NOW. 713-CALL-NOW. ESPN 97.5.com on the Chase Long. On the Chase Long, on the Chase Long, on the Chase Long, all day long, on the Chase Long. Back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerlai. All right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. So, I mean, this was going to be my, what did you learn this weekend? Uh, well, well, what did you learn this holiday season in one sentence? And it was going to be, I learned that Bill O'Brien was not only an a-hole here, but he continues continued his a-holism long after he left here. Everywhere he goes, everywhere he goes, Bill O'Brien is an a-hole. And the story is, Jalen Milrow asked about, <laughs> how did it come up? Did uh, I, I think it was him just talking about the journey from his journey back up to, yeah. to now starting in a title game. And um, he started talking about the, what he's overcome, and then it led to no. the quote we're going to get to. Here's and, and so, asked about his journey. He talks about Bill O'Brien, who was his offensive coordinator last year. Here he is. 
you know, all my life, even when I was in college. Shoot, my own offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, told me I shouldn't play quarterback. So, you know, there's a lot of things I can, you know, have motivation on, and that is something I have motivation from. What was your reaction to Bill O'Brien telling you that you shouldn't play quarterback? Do you remember how you felt when you said that? How would you feel if I told you you suck? Probably wouldn't like it. Okay, then. So that's exactly how I felt, you know what I'm saying? So, like, biggest thing for me, be true to myself and... You know, be, stay the same. You know, nothing changed about me. Only thing that changed me about was I had the opportunity and I seized it. And so, uh, for me, you know, the biggest thing was just uh, stay true to myself and uh, you know, add a bigger purpose to anyone's opinion. Is there a position he wanted you to play or said you should be this position or that position, or he just? I mean, he. he I mean, he told me a bunch of benches I could have switched to, but look where I'm at right now. So, you know what I'm saying, so who gets the last laugh? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Bill O'Brien did last night. Maybe, well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, we see what he's done with uh, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. You suck, too. I, mean, I don't know if Bill O'Brien's laughing very much with, with yeah. Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones on his resume. Right no, now. right. There's nothing, right. There's nothing funny about what's going on in, in New England no. right now. No, 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 no. There's nothing funny about that. Now, now, <laughs> yesterday... Was it yesterday? Hold on, hold on. Can I just say this in Bill O'Brien's defense? And I hate saying in Bill O'Brien's defense. I almost when he told Jalen Milrow that Milrow stunk last year. Uh, but he was also a young quarterback. Like he he hadn't really developed when he came in as a backup. When when there was an injury last year to Bryce Young and Milrow came in, it wasn't great. Uh, Milrow didn't pass very well. And I would say, remember, this is the same guy who got benched for one guy who's a lacrosse player now. Like, he got benched this year because his play was bad, and two other guys, like, Nick Saban believed the same thing. I don't know that Jalen Milrow is going to be a pro quarterback, if you really want to know the truth. And if you look at it from an evaluation standpoint, Jalen Milrow can stay in the league for sure as an athlete, maybe as a quarterback. We're going to find out because he's an unbelievable athlete, and he's really well-built and all that stuff. It's that Bill O'Brien has no tact. Like, you've got a quarterback. I, I don't know the – I don't know the – I don't know the context of how Bill said it, but obviously it made his own player feel a kind of a certain kind of way, and that just goes to Bill O'Brien's complete lack of tact and inability to communicate in a way that you know is is a is a loving way in a way that you know somebody doesn't take it the wrong way. And why I don't know why does it even need to come up? Maybe it's because he wanted him at a skill position earlier on. But Bill O'Brien making someone mad was one of the big favorites. Like. Bailey Zappi's going to crush him at some point on X or on, you know, Instagram. Have I got a story for you about Bill O'Brien? <laughs> you know, so he, he won't be the last quarterback. Case Keenum was asked about. Case, he told Case Keenum he wasn't a good, he wasn't an NFL quarterback when they cut him. They when they cut Case Keenum, he said, "Listen, we're letting you go. You're not an NFL quarterback, Case. You're just not." He ended up bringing Case Keenum back the same year. And Case ended up winning games for him uh, as a Houston Texan. Bill O'Brien told Case Keenum that. Case was asked that story, and he told Case Keenum the exact same thing when he cut him. You're not an NFL quarterback. Mm -hmm. This is what Bill likes to do. He told me I wasn't an NFL quarterback. Well, he was right. Well, you're not an NFL quarterback. He doesn't know. I've never had a chance. Well, I think your chance is done. Yeah. I think it's Pat. You're past your prime. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure you're not an NFL quarterback. But now – Apparently, Jalen has his own line of clothing, and Reese Davis talked about that. You're stepping on my uh, ship talk, but whatever. Uh, well, sorry, but we're, this is all part of one long story. Okay, <laughs> apparently, Reese Davis yesterday on the pregame show. What is was a college game day? I think yeah. it was a couple. Yeah, I think yeah. it was a couple days ago. Oh, a couple days ago. I, I, yeah, I think it was a couple of days ago. A couple of days ago. <laughs> no, no, it was yesterday. It was yesterday, yesterday morning. Yeah, yesterday morning. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. They're, so they're doing the college game day for the national championship semifinals, and Reese Davis has this story, which was interrupted very abruptly uh, by Pat McAfee. Jalen Milrow often wears his own branded apparel reading LANK across the front. It's an acronym that stands for Let a Naysayer Know. Being told by his former offensive coordinator, that Bill O'Brien. That is not what I thought. Is that not what you thought? Boy, 
let a naysayer know. Let a naysayer know. Of course. The professional's right in the middle of his <laughs> That's all right. I just keep I going. You almost lost me. <laughs> <laughs> Real tight up here, as you were. I just want to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Reese, you were too smooth. I thought it was going down. I thought it was going down out here. Whoa. Look at where it is, dude. Oh, sorry about it. Let a naysayer know. Let a naysayer know. Let a naysayer know. That's what we thought the whole time. That's what we all thought. So... And Reese, his look on his face is like, what are you guys talking about? He had no idea what they were talking about. Dell, can you explain no. this? Let a naysayer know. Dell? Oh, gosh. Well, how do I explain it other than saying replace naysayer with another N-word? That's all you have to say. Yeah. So that's about, and it's a pretty, it's a pretty common it's a I mean, common It's thing. probably old school. I don't know how many young it's a little old people school. are saying that. But Reese, I, and listen, this is the first time I've heard of it. Honestly, I've never, I didn't even know what the, we, yeah, we were talking it's about. Been around, it's been around. Yeah, when I saw Reese Davis's face, I know this. He still didn't know when they were laughing. Yeah, he didn't the know panel what they were was about. filled with, uh, obviously, Pat McAfee, former players, uh, Joey yeah. Galloway, Desmond Howard. Who else was up there? Kirk, Kirk Herbstreit. Yeah. I don't know how much older Reese Davis is than those guys, but it was probably for those guys. They've probably right heard away. the other phrase right. several times, maybe more than several. And I recognize immediately what they're laughing at. Immediately. But Let a na- and then he goes, and then he's got the end coming out. And that's what he said. It got real tight. And Joey Galloway said, it got real tight up here for a second. <laughs> I saw somebody on Twitter. This black guy on Twitter said, man, that naysayer was like, that naysayer was three for 12 from the field today. Somebody called another guy a yeah, naysayer. Yeah, naysayer is now going to be a thing. Oh, really, I don't know how long it'll go, but it's now the thing. You're it's gonna pl- now going to be a thing for a little bit. When you see somebody called a naysayer. Like, like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character from Django Chain. now he's just calling people <laughs> naysayers the entire time. Reese Davis might have started something. He did. He definitely did. Oh, yeah. You got Quentin Tarantino is going to create a new. He, he's coming out of retirement just to write a movie so he can put the word naysayer in it now in his yeah. script. This is the new Let's Go Brandon. Yeah, Reese. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. You look at the video. Reese is does it? He's starting to laugh along with them, but he doesn't know why. He doesn't know. He doesn't know why. No, he's his laughing. look on his face is like, "What are you guys? What are you guys talking about?" He just sees an entire panel of guys laughing uncontrollably and doesn't really understand it. Someone had to explain it to him. Yeah, Desmond was like, "Oh my god, I thought you were going to say like, it." Reese was going to end it all. I'm getting ready to let a naysayer know. As <laughs> he, soon as he said, "Let an and an and an oh, oh. Pat McAfee, I, that is not <laughs> what I thought you were going to say." <laughs> oh my god, I had on uh, accidentally ESPN two. And the Pat McAfee feed of of yeah. the game, and yeah. I was of the Alabama game, and I was like, "Wait a minute, this is wait they're having McAfee do play by play. This is awful with his voice." And then it was like, "Oh wait, I'm on the wrong channel. No wonder they let McAfee. They have you know just like Peyton Manning does Monday Night Football. They have McAfee do the the play by play in the game and everything." What what? Did you see? Well, uh, Matthew McConaughey was on the sideline doing their 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 alternate program, right, Lance? Uh, I didn't see. I just yeah, saw him on the does. sideline before the game. But well, no, yeah, during the game. Did. During the game, he's. Have got... you seen his wife? No. So I walked right by Matthew and his kids and his wife. I mean, he's got the pre- that might be the prettiest group of people ever assembled in, in the country. But so I walked right by him and he's just like, you know, he's got that McConaughey, he's got the whole thing. But yeah, I think he did, you know, he's considered their minister of culture. He's allowed to walk up and down the sideline. I've never seen somebody, well, I say that, but Drake with Toronto and the Raptors had that same kind of freedom. And a lot of people pointed out Snoop Dogg and UFC. So I guess that's true. He just walks up after Mitchell had that touchdown. He just went down the sideline and was dapping up. Hey, man, that's a good touchdown. That's a great play. I'm like, this. I, there's no way Sarkeesian can be happy that a regular human is walking around talking to his players by the bench. That is the wildest thing to me. That I, I, I'm from a coaching family. I can tell you, 
coaches don't like that crap. You just have to put up with that, obviously, with McConaughey. Oh, you got um, to. I mean, and he's, he's not going to hurt. He's not going to hurt anything. But coaches are control freaks. They don't want that guy running all over. But he's been he's been like that since the Vince Young championship. It'd so. be better to have Camilla Alves. Yeah, are you looking at her now? Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, just packing. Holy crap! That Matthew McConaughey could pull is shocking. Just yeah, shocking. Yeah, a real, a real right. shocker. We're gonna break. What did you learn this holiday season in one sentence? What did you learn this holiday season in one sentence? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's start the new year right. You guys are awesome at this. You've been great. Let's do it. I know a lot of you probably still aren't, but are people back at work now? Do they go back to work? Because that was a that was a really long holiday. But whatever the case, we know you're out there. Let's go. 713-780-3776. What did you learn this weekend in one sentence? That is what we're going to do next. But right now, we're going to do QC Kinetics. Yeah, and right now is when you should be doing QC Kinetics. It's a new year. Make it a, you, a new you. And I know that's an easy thing to say. A lot of people do this with... Weight loss, new year, new you, lose 45 pounds. Well, what I'm trying to get you to do is lose that chronic pain because if you have chronic pain in your shoulder, hip, knee, back, it's and, and when I say chronic, that means it's not going away. There's a good chance there's arthritis there. Well, what has happened is you have a debil- you know, it's a debilitating injury because you've had a deterioration or a loss of tissue in that joint. And when that happens, it gets to be basically nonstop inflammation and nonstop pain. Now, a lot of people will take steroid shots, and that helps for, for a, a limited amount of time. And then they start talking about, okay, well, I'm going to take pain medicine to, to manage the pain, and that can lead to problems, obviously. And then it's surgery and downtime. Listen, the answer is going with QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics is going to make sure that you fight that inflammation with regenerative medicine. You will not have to deal with with the surgery or the shots or the downtime, all you have to do is make sure that you have QC Kinetics ready to roll, and they are going to start working on regenerating that damaged tissue and restoring that damaged tissue so that you don't have that inflammation, you do get pain-free, and you do have the mobility that you once had. Live your best life by getting back to being pain-free with QC Kinetics. Four locations in the Houston area, qckinetics.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 Watch out, door Whoa, watch out, says that bird Currently in the Veritex Community Bank Studios One is a renowned forensic blood splatter expert The other, an appointed master of haberdashery It's John and Lance Alright, welcome back We're going to play for the first time this year, a game we like to call, what did you learn this weekend in one sentence? But since we didn't, we haven't seen you since uh, December 23rd, or you haven't heard us, or we haven't heard you since December 23rd, which, by the way, was a great day at Nick's Place. The day before at Klein's was awesome. Nick's Place was awesome. Just a great place to go get your national championship game on, by the way, Nick's Place. Um, and so and so we're going to go, what did you learn this holiday season in one sentence? And we've got a full board now. As soon as somebody gets off, 713-780-3776. You want to start, though? Yes. Now, I learned this yesterday. What I've learned is Jason Whitlock doesn't understand targeted ads because he, he, he so for some reason, screenshotted an ad trying to take a shot at ESPN for not being like family oriented and it has something to do with a woman or someone requesting someone go how do I put this let's just say aggressively have sex with them um, and he goes what is this ESPN look, look. and then was like Who's, who wants to tell him who wants to tell him <laughs> you must have been searching for something and that's why that ad came up oh well so you you broke the rule. It's one sentence. Sure. Yes. But, but, but fine. Okay. Uh, mine is try not to fool the defense and the referee when you re- are reporting who is eligible. Ah, the Lions. That will bite you in the hiney like it bit the Lions in the hiney. Let's go. One sentence. Ryan, what'd you learn this holiday season? One sentence. 
What's going on, fellas? I want to say R.I.P. to Pete Creighton. I uh, hope you're doing well. And I learned that everybody, except for Jeremy Brenham, the true man of the people, Jeremy Brenham, everybody stopped on ESPN. He was the only one that came in on a holiday show and did two hours. Y'all are soft. Step it up. Well, you broke the rule. <laughs> and you broke the rule. That was more than one sentence, Ryan. It's not being soft. It's taking vacation. Yeah. That's all it is. By the way. We didn't take it all year because we were grinding for yeah, you the whole that's, time. Well, that's uh, not necessarily true. Jeremy is like the, the Charlie Palillo of that show. He's there one day. He ain't another. Yes. Okay. It's the wrong. It's, you chose the wrong hero. Yeah, right. Yeah. Don't eat it. That one ain't. He, it needs a cape, okay? Because not all heroes wear cape. That one needs one. It did suck that we missed two Texans games like the yeah. day after, but we're still we haven't talked about Texans today, but we will. We will we'll get to Daniel. Well, don't worry, the other station that's all they talk about. So if you want to get a, a reprieve from that, you got us. Daniel, what'd you learn this week? What'd you learn this holiday season? One sentence. Yeah, I learned that the worst part of the Eda Taco Challenge Jacobos wasn't actually eating the tacos; it was the exit after. Oh, that's what I told you, Daniel. That's what I said. That's what I said. It ain't what it's going down. It's how it's coming out. Yep. Those hot, hot, hot tacos he had uh, at our holiday show at Kobos. John, what did you learn this weekend in one, in, what did you learn this holiday season in one sentence? I learned that if y'all aren't on in the morning, the ESPN national broadcast sucks on Oscar's Wow. Wow. John. 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 You've been doing this long enough. You can't say that. John. Don't be an a hole. I mean, you try. What are you? What are you going for, John? You're an a hole. That don't don't take John's calls anymore. Because I mean, he that's stupid. That's stupid. Uh, Keith, I just learned that John's an a hole. That's what I just learned this holiday season. Keith, what'd you learn this weekend? Happy New Year, guys! I learned this weekend that Iowa football lost. To all ranked opponents by a combined score of ninety-two to zero this year. <laughs> I did not know that. Is that real? Wow! They well, didn't score against any ranked opponents. They were shut out yesterday, so <laughs> yeah, probably. Boy, that is so bad. How I guess you, they didn't score against Michigan in the offense. I guess they didn't score against Michigan in the big in the title game either. So. No, they scored against. Well, I don't know if it was the offense though. Well, I'm going to look it up. Did they score? I don't know. That Are they we scored. sure about that? They did not. It was twenty six nothing. Yeah. No. No. I don't, I don't. I don't think Keith's wrong. Why would that be out of the question? Yeah. That Iowa didn't score. No, well, that's not out of the question. They don't it's, do. it's, it's what they don't do. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Peter, what'd you learn this holiday season? Happy holidays, gentlemen. I learned that after your kids turn eighteen, they don't stop wanting gifts. They just want more expensive gifts. Yeah, that's true. No, there's, there's no question. Of, oh, they get more and more and more expensive as they go along. Absolutely. What are you crazy? I get. My, I had my little baby. I gave her some wrapping paper. Okay, we had the the the, the baby in. She doesn't want anything. When she's 18, are you kidding? What that's going to cost? Brandon, what'd you learn this weekend? This uh, holiday season, in one sentence. Morning, fellas. I learned that family sucks. Comma. And I'm going to the national championship next weekend. Go Blue. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Going to the national champion. He's happy. He's Congratulations. Happy. Yeah. I learned, by the way, that you are, it's not necessarily allowed. I don't even know if it's frowned upon. I learned that there was about 15 people with their own coolers within a three-quarter mile radius, uh, half-mile radius of the Superdome just selling beer at $5 a can. Nice. I thought I thought it was just one guy hustling. I saw eight people doing this. You just sell beer on the way of the game. That's all. That's out all. Out of a chest. And no one's going to – I saw a guy with a fryer in the back of his truck frying catfish and – with uh, <laughs> catfish and I bet fries. it was good. Sell it. I, I guarantee it was good. I wanted it so bad. He had pork chop and fries. Oh, my God. Catfish and fries. Fried pork chops on the street? That's the yes. greatest meal you'll ever a, have. He had a fryer in the back of his truck. That's he and awful. his wife, and he had a cardboard sign with the prices. That's a play now. It was like $15, $20 a plate. All right. Uh, 713-780-3776. What you learn this holiday season in one sentence? La raza que pasó, mijo. Oh, no. Yanni, Ranati, Lance, Schnitzel. 
Gentlemen, good morning para tres. Balloon. Gentlemen, I learned over the holiday season that 2023 was one of the best Gilbert years, and I believe in Christmas miracles. Lady J paid up his money. Wow. You got paid up. Pay that man his money. Pay that man. He said he got paid. He got paid. Yeah. He got paid. Tom. Oh, Tom always has a good one. Tom, you must have learned something this holiday season. I learned something. I learned when Texas State comes to your bowl game, we're going to beat you and drink your stadium dry. Wow. How about they that? emptied the beer. Texas State drank the stadium dry. Emptied the beer in the stadium in the third quarter. How about that? That's well. LSU did that here against Wisconsin a couple of years ago. Clean, clean, cleaned out NRG, but that's congratulations, Texas State. Congratulations. That's that's just greatness. That is greatness. All right. What did you learn this holiday season? In one sentence, another roaring success. We appreciate you all for participating. Texans football on the other side. Right here on ESPN 97.5. We'll hear from D'Amico and uh, all the players involved. How about them? How about them? Them Texans got a, for the first time this year, a prime time game that actually meets. If you knew before this season started that the Texans were going to play for uh, the last game of the season for the right to go to the playoffs, for a chance to win a, for a chance to To win win the the division division. and, and 10 game win. And t- never, no, never. I'm sorry. It, it's uh, okay. No, wait, we're going to do on it on the other, other side. side. On the other, on the side. other side. On we're going to do that on the other side, right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Right now, I'm talking about Home Bank. Okay, helping you reach your financial goals. That's their standard. Local bankers equals local knowledge. They've got knowledge of this area. Business and personal banking solutions for nearly any need. Competitive rates, and they've got rates right now. Okay. A, if you're looking for a way to make your money earn money, how about an annual percentage yield of 5.45% on a nine-month CD? You can also take advantage of 5.25% APY on a 14-month CD. The minimum balance for these rates is just $2,500. Don't miss out on a great opportunity to score big returns at Home Bank with a CD from Home Bank. you got River Oaks location, Sugar Land, Gulf Freeway, Clear Lake, Friendswood, Visit home24bank.com for more information. It's easy; They're easy to get to. Great people that are going to try to help you reach your financial goals. And one of the ways is one of these great CDs. Good for business, good for life. Home Bank, member FDIC. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Right where you belong. The rest belongs to me. Welcome to Shawshank. 